Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. So we get into the Word of God, talk about it, and allow it to encourage us. And today I think you're going to find some, some real meat to chew on here as we think about our relationship to God and His law and why God gave us the law. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and remember, we're, we're spending a few days on this verse where Jesus said, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, that in, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. And of course, we know and we've been seeing how Jesus accomplished the law. He fulfilled it. He lived it perfectly. He fulfilled every aspect of the law. And because of that, he was able to offer himself as a sacrifice for those of us who have not fulfilled the requirements of the law. But we got some interesting things to see today about how the law fits in with our life. We're going to look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 3 and 4. And it says this, For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So th- this verse is rich. There's a lot to see in here. Let's, let's, um, let's analyze a few of these thoughts here. What the law could not do. What could the law not do? What couldn't save us? We're sinful people. And if we're going to try and be saved by the law, good luck, because you're expected to keep all of it if you want to be saved. Remember, it's not like some people think, you know, I, I do more good than bad. I've kept it more often than I've broken it. My good deeds would outweigh the bad deeds. That's not how it works. Just like in our legal system, you're, you know, if you break the law, you might keep, you might keep 100 laws here, and you only break one or two, and you broke the law. You're criminal. And likewise with God's law, how many laws do you have to break before you're lost? I, I liken it to uh, hanging on a, a chain, say, over a cliff, a chain link uh, hanging from a, you know, over a cliff or something. How many links need to break before you're going down? Well, then you don't have to break them all. All you have to do is break one, and down you go. Likewise with the law of God. All you have to do is break one, and you are a sinner, and you have sinned and broken the law of God. So that's why the law couldn't save anybody. It couldn't do it. But God could. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who fulfilled the law, who kept the law, and, in, and gave himself as an offering for sin. What does this mean? Remember, Jesus was the perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God, he's called. And in the Bible, for the, there was a requirement for sin, And we see it in two places. In the New Testament, we see for the wages of sin is death, or the punishment of sin, the requirement of sin. But this is going back to, you know, God told us in Genesis, if you sin, you shall surely die. He told Adam and Eve that. But also, the the law had a requirement that for sin to be atoned for, there needed to be a blood sacrifice. We see this all throughout Scripture, beginning again with Adam and Eve, when God clothed them with animal skins. And implied in that is that he would have slain animals and sacrificed animals, the blood 
uh, would bring them cleansing. Because here's the key verse in the Old Testament that tells us how sin can be atoned for. Leviticus 17.11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. It is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. Good works don't make atonement. Trying hard doesn't make atonement. Being sorry doesn't make atonement. Uh, Turning over a new leaf doesn't make an atonement. Saying you'll do better next time doesn't make an atonement. It's blood that makes the atonement. And when Jesus Christ died, he met the requirement of the law. He shed his blood for us. The law was fulfilled. The law, the requirement of the law was met. The wage of sin is death. Christ died for our sins. And so now, now he condemned, he gave himself as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Wow. The law, God's law has been, the requirement has been fulfilled if you are in Christ. It didn't say you fulfilled it. It says fulfilled in us, not by us. You see, Jesus was the one who fulfilled it when he died on the cross, but it is, it is uh, imputed to us. It's given to us. It's our gift from God that those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, those of us who are in Christ through faith, we, the, the law is fulfilled in us, the requirement. That law, what is it? That the wage of sin is death and the soul that sins, the, there's a blood atonement, Leviticus 17, 11. Isn't that awesome? This is how God's justice works. And this is such a cool, cool thing for you and me. But notice also, some people stop here. And I'd like to say, let's keep looking at the rest of the verse. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Why did he add that in? And then he goes over the next couple of verses, and he talks about walking in the Spirit. Don't set your mind on the things of the flesh. That's death. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. That's where life is. Why does he add that? The, the first part of this verse, the requirement of the law fulfilled in the sacrificial death of Christ for our sins, is what we would call justification. But now he segues right into what we'd call sanctification, walking in the Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why does he do that? And is that, how is that related? You know, a lot of people make such a theological separation between justification and sanctification that they miss some really important things. Now, there, there, there is a separation. We're justified. That's, that's a past tense thing. Sanctification is a present tense thing. We are being sanctified as we walk holy with God. <clears throat> but don't make such a distinction that you don't realize that the two are so, they go hand in hand with one another. God doesn't want to just save you, and then someday, you know, later on when you die, you begin to experience the benefits of that salvation. But rather that the benefits and the life of Christ is meant to be lived right now. We're new creatures now. We walk in the Spirit now. We live a sanctified, holy life now. It's not something off in the by and by. And so how's that fit in with the law? Let's, let's look at some verses here. In the Old Testament, 
God told Israel what he required of them. Remember we're, we're, we're Romans 3, the requirement of the law. So let's look at what God required of Israel. They, were walked by, they would walk by the law. Look what he required of them. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. Now, remember, part of the whole mission of Israel was to display the glory of God, to show to the nations, to be a blessing to the nations, that to be a light, excuse me, to be a light to the nations. And how was Israel a light to the nations? How were they to be showing the glory of God to the nations? Well, they would do it by keeping the law of God. And as they kept the law and commandments of God, God's blessing and would be upon them, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And they would be this light to the nations. And so we, we begin to see something that God's, God has always wanted to show his glory on this earth and to us. In fact, the great promise and our deep hope is that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk 2, verse 14. Don't you long for that day? I sure do. For the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Next time you see a big body of water, you see a sea or an ocean, God wants to fill the earth with his glory, just like he covers the waters, covers the, as, the, as those waters cover the sea. How does God show his glory? Well, there's four ways, I think, primarily. Number one, he shows it in creation. We see it in Romans 1.20 that the, the attributes of God, the nature of God is seen in the world he created. He shows it in his law, like we just saw in Deuteronomy. He shows it in Jesus. John 1.14 tells us uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18, we read that no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him or displayed the Father to us. And so we see God's glory is seen in creation, in His law, in Jesus, but it's also shown in us. It's shown in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The requirement of the law was that we made in the image of God are to be displaying the glory of God. That's where we're the light of the world. We're to be shining brightly. When people see us walking in this, when they see us, they should be seeing what God is like. Now they would see that if we kept his law, but we failed at it. So what the law could not do it was too weak. We, but what we can do is walk in the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, we will be displaying the law of God. We'll be displaying the character of God. We'll see more about this tomorrow. But understand, you and I now today, are we, you know, Paul says we're not under the law. We've died to the law and all these things. But that doesn't mean we're to be lawless. That doesn't mean that, hey, we can do whatever we want now, break the law. No, 
if we're walking by the Spirit, we're fulfilling everything the law would expect of us. And that is to be displaying the goodness, the character, the nature, the holiness of God Himself. How do we do it? We don't do it by saying, I simply obey the commandments. We say, I do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love this. It's so powerful. Let's thank God for it. Amen. Oh, Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that as we learn how to walk in the Spirit of God, that we will be fulfilling the requirements of the law. We've been justified, forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's been fulfilled. But now the learning how to display your glory. And we thank you, Lord. We don't do it through legalism. We do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we bless you today. And oh, Father, I pray for each and every one of us that we would learn this day in big things and little, every moment we would learn how to be filled with the Spirit and walk with the Spirit and just allow the Spirit to have full reign and control in our lives. And we thank you and we bless you. And we, what an exciting way to live life. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Wow, I love it. Folks, it's the power of the Spirit of God in you. If you have received Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you. We're going to see more about how this works tomorrow. So I hope you will tune back in with us tomorrow. We're here every day for about 15 minutes, live at 8.30 in the morning. But you can watch anytime through the day. Or even I've got friends who just listen to to the um, podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. They download, just listen to it in the car on the way to work or, or whatever they do. And so I encourage you, be in the Word with us every day. If you're new, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I hope you subscribe to the channel. Tell your friends about it. Make sure you leave a comment. Introduce yourself. If you're here live, take part in the chat community over here where people share prayer requests and so on. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Okay? You're here regularly. I love you. So glad to have you along. And until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, and fill you with His Spirit so that you will fulfill all that God has for you in the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.